0: John, thanks for coming on Techly Talks. Congratulations on the new book, Depends What You Mean by Extremist. Um, You spent a year and a half sort of embedded with radicals in Australia of all stripes. So I guess my first question to you um, is the big moral question of 2017, and is it okay to punch a Nazi?
1: Oh, well. I think uh, you know. I, I like to choose my battles. So right, yeah. I definitely wouldn't like like want to like on a be recorded, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, you know. I, I think it kind of depends how hard. And, but but, no, but But just generally, I reckon the people who turn up to the protests, regardless of their which side they're on, they like some of them are in for a bit of a scuffle. Yeah. They just got to make sure it's like. It's more about yeah, where like so maybe maybe the arm right. or the. But yes. no, face is out of bounds. Yeah, like... well,
0: you just don't want to, like, kind of end up you know, in jail, really. <laughs> well, there was there was one incident in the book uh, towards the end where um, one of the white nationalists got punched in the face. and I noticed you got a little bit of satisfaction out of that. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that, that was
1: a bit in the book where... It, it's because it happened in real time, in real life, where where I could have stopped this situation where some guy got thumped because I knew... Backstory, like I knew that they kind of it's getting started, racially abused. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It started kind of like fifteen minutes earlier, and then one was sneaking up on the other, and it's just the reality was that I didn't stop it, and so <laughs> and so I thought I'd write about that in the book because I don't know, it doesn't make me look like a jerk or a hero. It's like
0: it's the worst of all worlds. Like I sort of yeah, you were <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't take the moral high ground. Yeah, because yeah. punch someone in the face either. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, well, I was a bit embarrassed reading your book. Yeah. Um, because I realised how ignorant I was about so much of the far right. You kind of just think skinheads, neo-Nazis, but within the first you know twenty or so pages, that's it's obvious that that's not the case at all. Can you sort of give us a bit of an overview of the the demographic that make up the far right in Australia? Oh yeah,
1: you absolutely. If you think you can't join the far right because <laughs> you're of Asian descent, don't worry about it. You're you're allowed in. Oh thank God. It, it's yeah, things have really moved on in 2017 where just people that have different like, agendas kind of form together in this kind of strange bedfellow situation. So you do have white nationalists who don't like Muslims because they're immigrants and they're non-white and all that. But then you have, for instance, you, you might have immigrants who are uh, evangelical Christians and they're very anti-Muslim because of that. And so they join forces with the white nationalists and kind of use each other for cover. So, you know, the white nationalists get to go, oh, how can we be racist? Like we've got these kind of brown people in. And then like the kind of slightly eccentric or totally eccentric kind of kooky evangelical Christians who believe in exorcisms and stuff, they can go, oh, no, we're not weird. Like we're hanging out with all these like normal white
0: Australians and stuff. So they sort of, yes, they they use each other for cover. Uh, Do you think this is a a marriage that can last? Is it a sustainable hodgepodge of demographics? Uh,
1: No. well, conflicts do arise, like for instance, when there was a Syrian refugee crisis, you had on the, the, like the white nationalists, they just didn't want any Syrian uh, immigrants to come to Australia. Whilst amongst the evangelical Christians, who had kind of formed a brotherhood with the white nationalists, they were like, oh no, we're happy for like, the Christian Syrians to come in and we'll open up our church and our houses for them we just don't like the Muslim ones coming in so that th- yeah it, all, it can always end in a conflict
0: so does it all boil down to religion these these far-right groups uh, it's more so from my point of view is there's more
1: religion coursing through these groups and, and and motivates people way more than Australians like think or talk about like so for the average Australian this is all about sort of like ethnicity and skin color and but, but there's like, really devout people and that is kind of what's driving uh, uh, some of the leadership in these kind of far-right groups it, you, you know, in the case of the evangelical Christians it's that yeah we're at a spiritual war with Islam and they, they really believe it and they think in the case of one of the leaders is like God has, is assigning him this task like, that's why he's immigrated to Australia is because he has to um, teach the Australians about the dangers of Islam
0: You've said you like, I guess you're fascinated by tangles, Yes. what contradictions within I guess the far right in Australia fascinated you? Oh definitely it's how
1: I was promised that it was all going to be skinheads and sort of like white Pauline Hanson supporters and then rocking up and just seeing uh, people of Asian and African and Indian background there so that that was definitely like the rabbit hole I wanted to,
0: to jump down. Um, before your, your, I guess you finished your book, I guess before the last chapter, yeah. um, Trump hadn't won. Yep. Has does the complexion of the far right in Australia change after the Trump victory? Yeah, well, they, they definitely feel
1: invigorated and, and like validated and, they, and they, 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 they want to use the Trump victory to their advantage. So even though your average Donald Trump supporter isn't necessarily, in Australia, isn't necessarily going to be like a white nationalist or anything like that, the white nationalists will sort of try to use Trump's success to kind of kind of bring them on board. And almost by disguising what their real agenda is. So uh, in one rally I went to after Trump victory, you had the white nationalists and they were framing this rally as if it's like, like, we're sick and tired of political correctness. And so, you know, a pretty regular person in the center can be sick and tired of political correctness. And so, they try to appeal to them on that kind of level. But yet, when really that's not really what a white nationalist is about. Is it? It's kind of like about being a white nationalist.
0: Do you think that this, um, this far-right movement can gain traction in Australia? Are they going to become a, a mainstream political force?
1: I think the problem that they have is that lots of Australians, mainstream they don't like anything that's weird or strange. and And so they almost have the same problem in this kind of ironic way that Like a Muslim woman wearing a burqa has, where people are just like, that's strange. So the far right, whenever they were like strange like you know oh, you're not Nazi why don't you got swastikas like yeah. everyone would kind it's of like back. Yeah, it's too yeah. much they'd back off and so where they were successful was when they managed to package themselves as if they're just no we you know you know Dick Smith he's kind of like he wants to, us to buy Australian and we're yeah. like that and you know like we're just about like flying Aussie flags and being proud to be Australian and, and they kind of it worked when they managed to bullshit that that's what they were on about but then as soon as the cracks started to appear and it's like, well, actually they also want a picture of Hitler in every classroom. That's when like, you know, people would back away. So yeah, they have to successfully pull off that they're not radical and that they're just regular Aussies. And that's that's really hard for some of their leaders to do
0: because they're very radical. Pauline Hansen seems to have moved a little bit to the center. Um, do you get the sense that this uh, sort of far right movement has become a bit more mainstream and that it, it can survive in that sense. I
1: think w- what, what I saw was that these uh, people who are like on the far right or on the extremes, they, they say things that you can't say if you're in the center. If So even like, you, you can't say on regular television. You can yeah. only say on like the YouTube dark video. <laughs> YouTube videos and stuff. But they, they say that so often that it sort of like softens the general public to hearing that sort of talk. And then someone like Pauline Hanson or someone who's comes across as like being more regular, a regular Aussie can sort of now say things that are sort of like more extreme because
0: our ears have been softened by the the more radical elements. So we can expect a bit more Pauline Hanson before it's going to get worse, before it gets better, or yeah, have we I seen the peak?
1: I, I don't know. I, I think it, it does get back to if she, if her party is seen by people as being just normal, sure, then, then she'll pull it off. Because I... I, I I don't know how much people see her as being like mainstream kooky or whatever. Oh, right, okay sure yeah but when I was talking to her supporters they were all very they all wanted to sort of really frame her as just being a very regular person so I'd want to talk to her about to their supporters about race and religion and everything and they're like oh no I support Pauline Hanson because she's a regular Aussie battler oh, yeah. and she's had her struggles and she's overcome those struggles so it was very important to them as supporters to sort of for her to seem normal.
0: Alright, um, so let's move to the the next group that you hung out with, uh, a lot of radical Islamic people like Hamza and, and Musa. Yeah. What does it take for a fairly, you know, regular um, Anglo white Australian to turn to ISIS?
1: I think uh, it, like a dissatisfaction with the, the material world, so they look at the you know the the world of smaller liberalism and western capitalism and they say it's soulless it's it's like there must be more to life and then this radical form of islam kind of bashes into them at exactly the right time and 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 they see that as um uh, spiritually fulfilling and so they and people I spoke to, for whatever reason, that they they see Muslim scripture, their reading of it was it's watertight, like there's no mistakes in it, and it's 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 a total thing that I can now, if I dedicate myself to, I'll be able to like
0: feel this spiritual nourishment. So, yeah, that, that that's the hole it was it was filling. So a lot of people, particularly on the left, like to think um, that you know Australian Muslims. Whether they be, you know, wide off from, you know, the Middle East, turn to ISIS because they're oppressed or they're unemployed or there's some sort of structural yep. things put in place. But I guess the feedback you got from Hamza was that that's not the case at all.
1: Yeah, well, especially with the converts. And I don't know whether it's different if you're like born Muslim and then you become radical compared to if you convert. But I kept, kept on trying to push all those onto them, like going, oh, is it because of you know, like uh, a- alienation in Australia, like if you, you feel marginalized and and they were more like just brainwashed. And you know, like, and, and often when we see people like in cults, we kind of get like, oh, a person can get brainwashed and then like believe really strange things and then act on those beliefs. So we kind of get that when it's like a strange kooky Christian cult or something like that. But like, yeah, I, I found that the, converts who were supporters of ISIS, like, that's the parallel. It's like they're, they're under the spell of a cult.
0: Um, in light of the Manchester attacks, do you have a better sense of the logic behind terrorism? Well,
1: I think an interesting thing about that is that even though there's all these anti-Islam uh, groups, like street protest groups in the United Kingdom, like, they didn't... The, the ISIS support didn't go and try to blow up them, like, the, the <laughs> far-right <laughs> people. He, he went to... Uh, a concert that which represented sort of like Western decadence and and I didn't find that surprising in a way because maybe before you spend time with like ISIS supporters you think like somehow for instance they'd have more of a problem with right-wingers and left-wingers or more of a problem with conservatives and L liberals because right-wingers and conservatives are more likely to be Islamophobic and, and things like that and they just don't, that's not how they see things so they're as likely to hate you know they, they hate sort of like smaller liberals and, and their decadence as much as they're going to help sort of like hate a conservative or whatever and, and p- perhaps more so so yeah I thought it was interesting that they yeah they went to a, a rock concept
0: where there was, there was you know western decadence yeah. quote unquote um, and now I guess to the final group the, the anarchists and the far left I never thought that I would be pissed off by a group called no room for racism because that makes it seem like oh, i agree No room for racism but there was something quite odious and um and and, and bigoted really about uh, a lot of what they did i could sort of sense a lot of a bit of your frustration especially with you know the abuse saying you're you know white man getting into this space and structural violence and non-structural violence were you frustrated by that yeah i I mean i guess i didn't really have a problem with uh them if
1: they're like fighting islamophobia or whatever and you know that's (laughs) and all that and so i I did and i didn't really end up hanging around with them as much i hung around with all these other groups more because uh, me being me if i turn up to a rally and i hear there's some neo-nazis over there and there's some hippies there i'm like cool the neo-nazis or whatever but so like so but the specific thing that i bring up in the book is that and i was quite surprised that I talk about, uh, oh, you know, it's a really complicated world and it's not simple. So, you know, you have Muslims and they can suffer Islamophobia and, and, you know, and Jews can be bigoted to Muslims, absolutely, and bigoted to Palestinians and so on and so forth. That's cool. But it's like, not that's cool, but that, that's what it is. <laughs> but then also, like, Muslims can be anti Semitic in really meaningful ways. Like, after the Charlie Hebdo attack where they killed people at that uh, magazine. In the same terrorist operation, terrorists went to a local kosher deli and killed people there. And so that's like meaningful, you know. And so I found it really weird that I'd kind of try to like go, oh, you know, they can be anti Semitic. (laughs) And like it was like, I was like some asshole who was like mudding the simple story. And so, yeah, I put that in the book because I just thought I had a moral obligation.
0: Do you get a sense of maybe where that is that is that political correctness gone too far? Or is it just is it just ignorance on um, on their side of it?
1: I think I think there's a little bit of people have their story of how the world works. And then if some jerk comes in like me and says, oh, it's kind of a bit messier, you know, than that. And so like, can you really frame Jews as being like white and powerful <laughs> and therefore if a brown Muslim attacks them, that's not racism because they're brown and they're white or something like that. Like, is it, can you really do that? And 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 they're kind of like shitty that I bring out, bring up these tangles. And so yeah, that they
0: they kind of got angry at me. By the end of the book, I sort of noticed a, a lot of striking similarities. Well, you know, I just yeah copied your observations, (laughs) but there's a lot of striking similarities between those groups. Did you get a sense of that as well? Yeah, I think where they're similar, regardless, I'm not saying they're
1: morally similar, but I think where they're they're all similar in these extreme groups, not even extreme, like people who want radical change, is that's what they want to upend society. So they're really dissatisfied with the West as it is, small L liberalism, capitalism, neoliberalism. And so, whether they're on the uh so, so the people on the left they don't just want a small changes it's not like oh the people are bigoted to women hijabs on trains and wouldn't it be great if they wouldn't they kind of want to pull the rug out from the whole system because they're so dissatisfied with it and again i'm not saying these sides are morally equivalent but also the far right that they're sort of it's not like they're sick of political correctness and then as soon as we're allowed to make politically incorrect jokes on television, <laughs> they're right. going to be satisfied because yeah. that's not what it's really about. They want to upend the system too. They're fed up with the West as it is at the moment. And then obviously with the ISIS supporters, it's the same. So all these radical people just really want to pull the rug out from the whole of The west as it is at the moment and and institute a new change and they were all super excited because donald trump and bernie sanders when i was covering all this they were rising in popularity and both of them are like really radical in their own ways and so regardless of what the different sides thought of these different people they were like oh my god this is the moment it's like the general public is open to radical change like the fact that they're interested enough in bernie sanders and interested enough in Donald Trump and they're both becoming more and more and more mainstream
0: and yeah, so that that really excited them all. Do you think the world's gonna see a lot more radical change? Is that the next step before we go the other way? Oh, yeah, I, think, so. I think it's
1: more like we just we always think Arrogantly think we're at the end of history. So we always think whatever is the last thing that happened is like oh It's over now. So like when Barack Obama got voted in it's like, oh wow a black guy No one's voted. gonna be racist again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a black guy's voted in and like this is the end of history it's like and we're all gonna get on or something and and smaller liberalism is gonna rule and progressivism is gonna rule and then suddenly like Trump's in but and already in like three months of Trump it's kind of yeah it's like when he started it was like oh my god he's gonna deport all these people and be able to do it and build a wall and then somehow it's three months later and it's like well you can't quite do that and 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 so I'd, I just reckon there will be just a bit like MySpace was here, the biggest thing, and then it's gone, and then and all that kind of stuff. It, like that's what happens with
0: history now. I've never thought of history in those terms. Yeah. <laughs> just one final question. Yeah. Do you have now a sense of, of how I guess mainstream Australia should deal with extremism? In America, you know, there's a big case of of Hillary Clinton. Everyone's sort of saying, you know, you're looking down on them, you're not giving enough credit, oh, yeah. and to their undoing, is. Um, how, how does, as a society, do we respond to extremism?
1: It's hard to kind of micromanage that because, like, like people they say, well, should should the far left have gone on the streets to protest against the far right? Maybe they're just giving them more attention or whatever. But, but I noticed, like, on the streets that, uh, like, the part of the reason the crowds for the far right died down is because. They'd been on their computers, on Facebook page, all talking to each other and convincing themselves that what they were doing was normal, you know, like, oh, we're just regular Australians who want to fly the flag or whatever. Then when they kind of went out on the streets and there were like these really angry opponents, suddenly a bit of air went into their bubble yeah. and that suddenly they had to think, what do I really believe? And do I believe this enough to kind of have this conflict with these other people in Australia? So. In that case, it was kind of good that people kind of went out on the streets to protest. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the solution is. But it, it, generally, I, I think um, it, it's hard to micromanage this. So just, kind of just go with your vibe.
0: <laughs> well, that seems like a perfect place to end. Thank yeah. you so much, John. No,
1: thank you. Really appreciate it. Cool.